You're listening to the Umfreak Parents Podcast, episode 060. You're seen to chat about life, family, and of course, Umfreak's McGee. I'm Sarah Jehemiak, podcast host, writer, mom of three, wife, and total Umfreak. Are you prepared for what comes next? Hey everyone, thank you so much for joining me for this week's episode of the show. Episode 60, that's just mind-blowing and crazy that there are 60 episodes of this podcast. Thank you so much to everyone that is listening, has listened, supported this in any way. It still blows my mind that this is really a thing and that you guys love it. So thank you so much for all of your support. If this is the first episode that you're listening to, Welcome. Thank you for joining me. There is a whole bunch of past episodes that I'm sure you'll be really interested in. So scroll through and find everything. There's lots of recaps and interviews and all sorts of amazing things that I've brought to you guys in the past year, over a year um, of doing this show. So thank you so much Um, to everybody for being here and helping me and just all of it. It's just very, very amazing. I hope that you were able to check out last week's episode, which featured my recap of Umphrey's recent stop at the inaugural 4848 Festival on Snowshoe Mountain in Snowshoe, West Virginia. That was quite a set. And if you've not listened to last week's episode, there is a link in the show notes where you can find it. And I highly recommend that you listen to that set from 4848 Festival as well. If you've not, just wow, definitely listen to it. This week, we will cover the band's stop at the Ritz in Raleigh, North Carolina on July 18th, Virginia Credit Union Live in Richmond, Virginia on July 19th, and at Camp Bisco on July 20th. We will also touch on both Doom Flamingo late nights, one after the Raleigh show and the other after the Richmond show. And we'll also touch on the Umphreys Sun Squabby set at Camp Bisco. That set included Joel, Ryan, and Chris. In case you missed it, some fall tour dates have been announced. July 19th in Greensboro, North Carolina. September 20th in Charlottesville, Virginia. Three nights, October 17th, 18th, and 19th in Athens, Georgia, and October 23rd in Knoxville, Tennessee. Tickets are on sale. They've been on sale since July 26th for this, so I'm unsure what is still available. Um, VIP does have a three-day experience set up for the Athens run. If that's still available, you should definitely check it out. VIP has always been worth it for us every single time we've done it. All of the links for all of the information about these shows, as well as the UMVIP information, can be found in the show notes. Also recently announced for the band, Umfries will be playing two sets at Resonance Festival in Slippery Rock, Pennsylvania. The festival will be September 19th through 22nd. Umfries will be playing on Saturday the 21st. Doom Flamingo and Omega Moose will also be playing that weekend. A few other bands that are also playing are Tipper, Papadozio, Zach Deputy, and many, many others. Tickets are already on sale for this festival, and at the time of this recording, there were not day passes available. 
but I'm fairly certain that they will be at some point. There is a link in the show notes with all of the information you need about tickets. Before we talk all about that, I want to tell you all about Swift Charge. If you were at summer camp or Electric Forest earlier in the summer, perhaps you saw their booths or maybe you used their service. I mentioned in my summer camp recap episode how nice it was to have their charger during the entire weekend. If you're not exactly sure what Swift Charge provides, you pre-order a charger and go to pick it up at the booth when you get to the festival. It suction cups right to the back of your phone and charges it while you rage the show. The charger runs out of juice. You just take it back to the booth and switch it out for a new fully charged one. And did you know the charger is yours to keep for like ever? Yes, that's right. Keep your charger and you can plug it in at home, recharge it and take it anywhere with you. I take mine when I'm out with my kids, running errands, whatever. I just throw it in my purse and I know I'm able to charge my phone anywhere if I need to. I love everything about this. Swift Charge will be providing portable charging. Yes, that includes for your vape pen too at live music festivals throughout the summer. There is a link to their site in the show notes where you can see a complete list of where they will be this summer. And especially for my listeners, if you use promo code Sarah, S-A-R-A, at checkout when you pre-order a charger, you will receive 10% off. That is promo code Sarah, S-A-R-A, at checkout when you pre-order a charger, and you'll receive 10% off. I also wanted to mention, if you are looking to get the word out about your shirts, pins, jewelry, prints, band that's going on tour or small business that is looking to work with some like-minded folks, Um Freak Parents Podcast would love to help you get the word out. UPP is currently offering custom-made packages that will fit your specific needs and budget. Packages include ad time on the podcast, social media plugs, product reviews, and more. With an average 200 downloads per episode and about 50 new episodes a year, when you advertise on Umfreak Parents Podcast, your ad will be heard by tons of fellow Umfreaks, musicians, and other kind folks looking to purchase from you, work with you, and support their fellow Umf family. Email umfreakparentspodcast at gmail.com if you're interested in chatting more. All right, so let's get into it. July 18th, the band played at the Ritz in Raleigh, North Carolina. They have played at this venue a total of five times, including this show here. They have not played here since April 9th, 2016. And the first appearance at this venue was on January 25th, 2013. The evening opens with Prowler that moves into the bottom half, beginning to adventure off slightly after three minutes, continuing on its way for quite a while, pivoting slightly before eight and a half, gaining more momentum and balls as it gears up to head back into the bottom half. Mad Love coming up next. This tune, seriously, it just gives me all of the feels every time I hear it. I love it when this pops up in any set list. Just love, love, 
love this song so much. <laughs> Looks, which has a very Talking Heads vibe to the expansion of it as it heads out slightly before two minutes. Watching this song mature has been really, honestly, a lot of fun. Last year, when they began to allow this one to expand more and more, certainly has given this tune new life. It's one of those tunes... um, like Attachments, where I was not a fan of it at its core song, but as they've allowed it to expand and mature and grow with the jam, um, you know, I'm really, I'm really into this, this one now. Changing directions slightly after five minutes and opening up into a dance party for a little bit, shifting about two minutes later to begin expanding real wide and Revealing what I envisioned this massive thing just sort of slugging along and trudging back into looks. Really, like I said, really enjoy what they've been doing with that song. Cut the Cable next, followed by FF. And it was noted on the set list after FF, quote unquote, get weird. And that is certainly the direction that they took this jam. It begins to settle into itself slightly after three minutes, continuing on and really taking this one way out, coming back in slightly before eight minutes and begins to fade apart. And this is where the weirdness of the jam will come out, heading into an almost dreamlike space slightly before nine minutes and then sweetly moving into Kimball. Really love how they transitioned that one. Remind me, coming up next, that gets funky in its jam. Stasic giving us that full and bouncy bass sound as this jam continues on. This one also features the Flying Monkeys theme from the Wizard of Oz tease, as well as a Frayed Ends of Sanity by Metallica tease before the end section of Remind Me, and that tune would close out the first set in Raleigh. Set two opens with Pay the Snucka, heading out slightly before three minutes, continuing on for quite a while, really, coming down and cooling slightly before 10 minutes, almost playing out, but waking up and going into Triangle Tear. Women Wine and Song next and man, I have been loving this one so much lately. I know I've mentioned it a few times in episodes past. Going on its adventure about three and a half in, a nice little 10 years gone by Zeppelin Tees nestled inside, turning the corner a few minutes later and getting a little more attitude to it and gaining all sorts of energy to move it back into Snucka. Parts one and two we see. A little Stairway to Heaven tease in there as well. The one Zeppelin song I really, really, really wanted in Denver, but obviously we did not get it. Still have to wait until we see that one fully. I believe it will happen. Confident that one day we will get a full Stairway to Heaven. I really hope I'm there for it because it's going to be really awesome. <laughs> Joel getting incredibly distorted at the end of this tune. Cemetery Walk next from a little bit after five minutes through to the end of this. 
I just love the emotion behind Jake's playing right there. Floating into Cemetery Walk 2, the journey inside this one is a personal highlight for me when I was listening back to it. A very interesting and eclectic dance party, at one point getting a little aggressive and dark, but not settling into that or getting very comfortable with it, opening back up into a dance party that will dance back into Cemetery Walk 2. Sociable Jimmy rounding out this second set in Raleigh, and the evening would come to an end with an encore of Miss Tinkles. Really enjoy the reggae vibe to this jam. Slightly after five minutes, we sink into it. I believe there's a little variation of that jam I keep bringing up from It Doesn't Matter earlier in the year. Give it a listen and let me know if you think so as well. Gaining more momentum and energy to carry this Miss Tinkles through to the end of the evening in Raleigh. And I will be honest, at the time of putting this episode together... I've not seen any set lists for the Doom Flamingo shows in Raleigh or in Richmond. I will, however, link anything I may find about these shows in the show notes. And I will also link the Doom Room group. That's really hard to say um, on Facebook if you're interested in joining that and you're not already in there. July 19th at Virginia Credit Union Live in Richmond, Virginia. The only other time that the band has played at this venue was back in 2005 as part of the Big Summer Classic Tour. The venue had a different name at the time, Amphitheater at Richmond Raceway. So if you are looking for that show on all things Umphreys, you will not find it under the venue name that it has now. They played at the National in Richmond, Virginia recently, this past January 11th and 12th. I chatted about that two-night run in episode 34, which I linked in the show notes if you're interested in listening to that and have not. The evening started with nipple tricks, moving into bridgeless, sinking in at about six minutes, sort of meandering along for a little bit, and really settling in about two minutes later, adventuring way out and expanding open, resonating, but instead of boomeranging back into Bridgeless, they decide to abandon it and shift the energy to Rocktopus, followed by push and pull after that one. Push and pull, I will admit, I was not really a fan of it when they first started playing it live, but as the time has gone on, I'm really enjoying it more as they play it. All in Time coming out next with the beginning of it adventuring out very early on. This jam I felt was a highlight from the evening. Very well rounded with its overall journey. It gets a real sneaky vibe to it for a little bit around 8 minutes. Dabbling in this dancey, haphazard sort of spy vibe sounding for a little bit but then sweetly and gently fading out, leaving that all in time also unfinished for now and perking right up into Wife Soup. The Bayless solo that comes out of this song is one of my favorites. 
It starts out so tender and almost timid, but then gets more confidence and power behind it. And then just bursts open and they do the, you know, you wouldn't even believe your eyes. It's all your circus now, lyrical part. Every single time I hear that, I get goosebumps. It does not matter what version. It doesn't matter if I'm at a show or in my kitchen listening to it. It doesn't matter. Every single part, every single time that part comes up, it just gets me. Always takes me back to the Ravinia in 2015, that version with the choir. Um, I'll link it in the show notes if you haven't heard it. That one just always gives me goosebumps. Miami Virtue next. We did recently see this at the Brit Music and Art Festival as the set to opener. It seems that they've been having fun playing with this one recently. That one having a grittiness to it, while this one had more of an uplifting adventure that they took this jam on. And the conclusion of Fridgeless to close out the first set. Set two opens with Wappy getting into it slightly after four minutes, starting out in a very comfortable, dancey vibe, aggressively pivoting slightly before eight minutes. Joel really the standout here as the pieces begin to slink back together and form back into Wappy. Deeper coming out next, seen earlier this year during the Brooklyn run back in February. Shout out at the ending for this one goes to Joel and his solo. Just love the way that that song goes out. An interesting placed Whistle Kids next, although perhaps that's the point with a song such as Deeper Before It. Beginning the dance into 40s theme toward the end of that Whistle Kids, embracing it fully and getting into the grittiness of it slightly before four minutes. Bayless having the crowd give some serious love to Big Something, the openers for the evening. This one opens so damn wide and shines all over in only the way that 40s theme can and does. Attachments next dedicated to Sinai, who was there that evening celebrating her, I believe Bayla said 130th show, 135th. Either way, that is very, very, very impressive. I have not had the pleasure of meeting Sinai in person, Um, But if you're listening or you know her, I would love to meet you someday in person and perhaps have you on the show sometime. That would be very, very awesome. Noted again on the set list after this one, weird, but not really starting out that way as the jam begins. More dancing along and enjoying the jam. Schizophrenically getting aggressive about 13 minutes in dancing back into the jam, and then embracing that aggression for a little bit longer, not staying there, but dancing back in, getting a little weirdness to it as it moves into a cover of Ramble On by Led Zeppelin. This tune covered only one other time recently on June 23rd at Red Rocks during the Zeppelin set with Jason Bonham on drums and James Dillon on vocals. This would be the first version that was only Umphreys and Bayless mentions that they had been waiting a long time to cover that one. I chatted all about that Zeppelin set in episode 57, which is also linked in the show notes if you've not given that a listen as well. 
Den dancing out to close out the second set. And an encore with Hangover that featured a little LaGrange by ZZ Top Tees in there. And the always perfect show ending second half of All in Time to close out the evening in Richmond, Virginia. Finally, that brings us to July 20th at Camp Bisco on Montage Mountain in Scranton, Pennsylvania. Umphreys has made an appearance at Montage Mountain for Camp Bisco three other times, 2018, 2017, and 2016. If you watch the Anchor Drop series that came out, perhaps you remember episode 8, where they talk about the song 13 Days. This story includes a two-week sober tour, the Disco Biscuits, and a keg. Well, the Disco Biscuits supplied a keg of Budweiser that sat on the stage Joel side during the Umphrey set. I know Ryan went over and got himself a drink during, but I'm not sure if anyone else did. There is a link in the show notes where you can find that video of the story. And if you haven't watched the other ones, do that too because they're all really good. Hopefully they do decide to release this as a whole thing. I know I would love to see it, and I've had other fans reach out and ask me if I knew, and I don't have an answer. I asked Waffle. Waffle told me that it was Kevin's decision, and I haven't heard an answer on that yet. So hopefully we will get a full movie of those Anchor Drops videos. Anyway, this set at Camp Bisco is only one set, and it would begin with Unsung Hero, debuted the last day of summer camp, and I'm sure I've mentioned this before, I really, really, really enjoy this. The power and authority in it, I hope we continue to see this one. 1348 coming out to really get the evening going, getting the waffle shout out from Jake during the plant seed light part. Definitely make me happy to hear that. Getting everyone tangled into it very early on, about three minutes, not wasting any time, and getting right into a dancey groove that does come down to cool for a little bit, but grows back together and heads back into a dance party. They'll leave that 1348 unfinished and dance into Day Nurse. Seasons next, followed by The Lanier, that at one point, gets a little bass and reggae heavy in its adventure. The Floor emerging out next, followed by Push the Pig, which I felt was a highlight from this set, slipping into a real seductive dirty jam slightly before four and a half. That continues on with its grittiness for a few minutes and then ever so slightly changes directions slightly after nine minutes and begins to open up with serious hopefulness that illuminates out the emotion behind this jam is why I felt it was a highlight from the evening. Joel dramatically moving it into Wizard Burial Ground. Love Bayless calling out the guy in the audience at the end of this for his dance moves. I will admit it certainly piqued my interest in how this guy was dancing. Um, I think he mentions perhaps doing the stroke or the shake weight if you remember those commercials. So definitely quite a visual on my end of how this guy was dancing. Really embracing the dance vibes, going into the silent type that expands open very nicely toward the end before it slams back into the silent type. A cover of the song Daffodils by Mark Ronson, one that has been covered a total of 15 times, including this one here. 
I think a really great cover for them. Love how Chris sings this and a really good choice for the Camp Bisco crowd, I think. And the conclusion of 1348 will close out the evening. And I wanted to mention Umphreys and Sun Squabby came together on Saturday night of Camp Bisco to form Um Squabby featuring Joel, Ryan, and Chris. I know zero details about this set other than it was a Saturday night VIP set. Joel came out first when Sun Squabby was playing and then Stacey came out to replace their bassist. Then Chris jumped in playing in addition to their drummer and then Sun Squabby's bassist came out to play synth. Shout out to Craig in the Raptors group on Facebook for that info because like I said, I know nothing about what happened during that show. If I find any shareable videos or set list or anything like that, I'll throw it in the show notes for you. So that's all I have for this week's episode of the show. Anything referenced throughout this episode, including where you can listen to the shows we discussed, as well as where you can find the set lists, is also in the show notes. If you have any questions or comments about anything talked about in this show or any other episode, please feel free to reach out to the show. I love hearing from you guys, so please don't hesitate to contact me. How you can do that is in the show notes as well. And thank you again so much for joining me. I'll see you around these parts next week. Much obliged.